let's say I don't I don't know how to ask this really, but during the seven months that you were split up, are you afraid that in a year from now you're gonna find out that there's another stepkid? Yeah. This all crossed my mind. You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related. Real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. David, did you have a good Christmas? I sure did. Did you get everything you wanted? I did. Did did you get everything that you wanted from me that you bought? I did. <laughs> Y'all, I have to tell you, there's this pair of boots that I saw hmm, probably two years ago. And I loved them, but I just could not pay that much for a pair of boots. I just couldn't do it. And every once in a while, I'd see they had a sale. And of course, they were never on sale. Or if they were, it was still too much. You know, it's one of those, I'm not paying that much for that muffler. (laughs) People don't know what you mean if they have never seen that commercial. Oh, it's a, what, Midas commercial? Meineke. Meineke. See, okay, whatever. (laughs) Anyway, as I was shopping for everybody else, I saw that there was a 30% off coupon for the place that was selling those boots. And so I got them for you, unbeknownst to me. (laughs) So I got them. I was like, you know what? I don't need to die to get these boots. I'm going to get them. I'm going to get them. And you did. And I did. And I showed David a couple weeks before Christmas what he got me. And y'all, she was as excited as if she didn't know what she was getting. She opens the box up like doing a dance. Because you don't understand. I mean, (laughs) I honestly thought that I would never get these boots. My joke was that when I get to heaven, I was going to have those boots and a 69 Camaro. (laughs) Well, you put those boots in a pretty big category. I love them. You saw them. Yeah. Yeah, they're nice. But then when I ordered them, I had the conundrum of whether to get black or stone. So I asked a friend of mine. I sent her pictures of them. I was like, which one? Because she's like the fashionista. And she said the first one. And I was like, okay, that's the black ones. I like those. That's the ones I've been looking at because the back of them's got like this burgundy suede on it. They're very, very pretty. And then after I order them, I'm like, wait a minute. What if she got those pictures in the wrong order? (laughs) So I asked her and she did. She got the stone colored ones first. I'm like, crap, I should have ordered the stone colored ones. So then I'm sitting here debating, well, should I order the stone color ones just in case and then send back the black ones? Or, and then I'm like, stop, Lori, stop. This is crazy. And then I told myself, self, <laughs> next year, you can get the stone ones. Oh, Lord. Well, at least you have a whole year to look for a deal on them. I can't believe they're still available that many years later. Dude, do you know how long I've been watching those boots? Uh, you said a couple of years. Yeah, at least a couple of years. It may have even been longer than that. It just shocks me that they still have them. Dude, these boots. Oh, they are kicking. So I'll, I'll are, put a picture on the um, show notes. Are you going to wear them to the Austin thing in a couple of weeks? Well, yeah. Well, I've got those and then my really fancy cowboy boots. Because <laughs> these aren't cowboy boots. Okay. These are just boots. They're not. Sh- they don't have the pointed toe. Pointed toe. Okay. So you have to have a pointed toe. To so what kind of boots, boots are they then? They are kick butt boots. Are they stripper boots? David, don't make me edit all this stuff out. They are not stripper boots. <laughs> okay. They are awesome, y'all. I'm so excited. I can't wait to wear them. Oh, anyway, so see, what we do at Christmas is I buy what I want, 
and then I wrap it up and David gives it to me and it's pretty awesome. It's funny because some people are like, it's not a gift then if you're buying it for yourself. And I'm like, no, I think it is. <laughs> and like I told them, my split personality buys it. So I'm giving it to myself. It's a gift. <laughs> no, look, I don't really see the difference between somebody telling you what they want and then you buying it and then them just buying what they want and saying, here, this is what you're giving me. It's the same thing. Right. Yeah. So I'm just so glad I got the boots. I don't care how I obtained them. Yeah. Nobody was hurt in the process, except for a cow or two. Yeah, I went light this year. Like, I didn't, I just didn't want anything, really. Yeah, but I think you like what I got you. I do. Um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Is, I wonder if anybody else ever has that, where it's just like, you know, I'm good. I don't really, I don't really want anything. I don't need anything. Well, I mean, I'm kind of like that, but then I see like a necklace that I like and it's on sale for 80% off. And I'm like, oh yeah. I mean, it's not like I have to have it or that I wanted it before I saw it. But you know, when it's normally a hundred bucks and it's 20 bucks, I'm like, shoot, yeah, I'm getting that bad boy. Well, I think that, I don't know if this is most people or just you and I, but I mean, when we typically, if there's something that we want, then you know, throughout the year, we'll watch it or we'll try to catch it on a sale or whatever, but we tend to buy it um, when we want it for the most part. Yeah. David um, and I are quite frugal for those of you that don't know. Um, I don't think we really pay full price for anything. <laughs> uh, no, we don't. And the things we the things we look at and go, oh, well, if I want it, I'll buy it. They're not expensive stuff. I mean, we're talking... Except for my boots. Yeah, most people would be like, why are you even thinking about that? I know. People are going to look at those boots and be like, those were not that expensive or you should have been acting like that. <laughs> but that's just, I mean, it's just the way we are. We um, we are frugal and we live, uh, um, what would you call it? Frugal lifestyle, I guess. So we, we buy things. Um, we just make sure that when we buy things, we buy stuff that will last. Right. And so when I say frugal, I don't necessarily mean we cheap. buy cheap. We may buy something that's expensive, but it's not expensive for the sake of being expensive. It's expensive because we know that it's going to last. Right. And what's so funny, though, is I can go in a store and automatically I'm drawn to whatever is the most expensive thing in that store. Oh, yes. That is definitely true. It's, it might as well have a flashing light that says, Lori, look here. Look here, Lori. Yeah. We were picking out flooring a few years ago. Every time she'd pick out a flooring, it didn't matter what store she went to or what website she went to, it was always the most expensive flooring that they had. And y'all, I'm not frou-frou. I'm not. But mm -hmm. I'm just drawn to quality stuff. Mm -hmm. Like David. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you might want to record this for later. Play yeah. it at my funeral. Yeah, don't cut that part out. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, my mom... Um, like for furniture, my mom worked in a furniture store for years, so I know way too much about furniture, and I don't buy crap furniture. I never have. Well, the amazing thing a lot of times is how the difference in price between what's not good and what's good is not a lot of times that big of a gap. Mm -hmm. And so if people would just you know in, in investigate a little bit more and spend a little bit more money, then they would actually be saving money in the long run. Because they don't have to replace it as soon, and it lasts a lot longer, and all these things. So, well, that's like my couch. Before I had Jackson, I had a car that I loved, but before that car, I had a couch. <laughs> this couch was like my baby. I know, laugh at me all you want, just laugh. But it is a buckskin chocolate colored couch. 
Yeah, and you've had it for, what, 20 years? That's what I was getting ready to say. I've had it, golly, over 20 years. Yeah. And you can't tell by looking at it. No, but that's the difference between buying quality. Right. So I like to tell people I'm too, I don't make enough money to buy cheap. <laughs> there you go. And once you sit back and think about it, like, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense. Oh, okay, I get it now. So, yeah. Yeah, because we don't want to have to replace it next year. Right. And that's, you know, people all the time, they're like, I'm just going to buy this because it's cheap. And then you have to buy two, three, four times uh, over what somebody that spends money on quality has to buy. Speaking of, I struggle with this. I've been trying to find a laminator. So I've been on Amazon. And is there anything that doesn't have negative reviews? (laughs) Because I'll look at something and it's got, you know, 5,000 reviews, 80% of them are good, 15% of them are bad. And it just makes me go, well, I don't want to be that 15%. That's, well, that's kind of my uh, line in the sand is 80%. If, if between the four and the five star, if those two together equal 80% or better, then I feel comfortable with it. See, I don't like to go over 10% on the bottom. Because right, I just feel like, depending on what it is, but I feel like a lot of things, especially when you get into electronics, and computers and stuff, I feel like that the majority of people don't know what they're buying anyway. And so they're complaining about something because they made an improper purchase or yep. they don't know how to use something they bought. But, you know, on Amazon, you can find a negative review on bounty paper towels. <laughs> yeah, because you know what? I was I was trying to get that that spill up and it, and it pushed right off the top of the counter and it doesn't do that on the commercial. Right. That's right. I was missing a sheet. I counted all my sheets. There was only 99 and not a hundred per roll. <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me. So I think at this point I've talked myself out of buying a laminating machine and I'm just going to go to the UPS store and see how much they'll charge me. Why do you need a laminating machine? I can't tell you. It's a secret right now. But, but why do you, I mean, do you need something? Do you need laminated? Lamin- that's why. Yeah. But to buy a machine, you needed something laminated a lot, or you need a well, thing laminated, and you go buy a machine because you need one thing laminated. No, I don't need. You just can't one make thing fake laminated. driver's license. I've told you before, you can't do that. I know. You used to do that back in the day. I'm sure. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't talk about this. We used to make fake. We have to change the subject, David. We used to David. Do, we used David. To do, it wasn't driver's license. We do fake college. IDs. Oh Lord, you get He's into going the to football jail. game. Y'all know that how boring this is going to be without him. <laughs> but anyway, my point is, I'm going to the UPS store, or I'm going to call them, and I'm going to say, how much do you charge to laminate one sheet? And then when they give me that, I'm going to figure out how many of these things that I need to laminate, I can fit on one sheet to see how many pages I need, and then see if the cost of buying one outweighs the cost of having UPS do it. You don't went crazy already. No, I don't. This is this is how David and I both do things. Don't act like I'm the crazy one here. <laughs> you do the same thing. Well, what about the the lamination that doesn't require the lamination machine? That might be an option. Have you tried one? Have you gave me one? I didn't know I was in the equation. Do you have one? No, I don't have one. Order well, then some. Well, how am I supposed to try some? Order them. They, they might cost as much as the Dur machine. It does not. It's just sticky laminate stuff. You put it in there and you. it's just like... I don't know, tape or adhesive or whatever, but you just push it over <gasps> it. I could just tape my stuff. <laughs> yeah, you could do that too. Hey, that might be an option. Just buy the laminate stuff that doesn't require the machine and try it. Okay, he's making me mad. So this is our last podcast. Yeah, we're done. Of 2019. Oh, I thought we were done, period. <laughs> no such luck, David. <laughs>
This is our last podcast of 2019. We have not been a full year of podcast yet. Nope. July, June, July, something. So we figured that we would this year. I've got different plans for next year already. But for this year, we are going to end on a crazy note. Okay. With a crazy stepmom. (laughs) And no, I did not give her that name. She gave herself that name. Crazy stepmom. Yes. I know a few of those. I really don't want to tell you anything about this, except for do not let your children listen. So it's that crazy? It's pretty crazy. Okay. And I apologize for those that your children do enjoy listening to the podcast, but there are some that we've had that, you know, are just not appropriate for kids or they're adult in nature. And um, this is one of them. Mm. So... That's all I'm gonna say. I'm gonna I'm gonna not gonna tell y'all nothing about this chick except for she's crazy. <laughs> she's crazy. All of them are. As David says, all women are crazy. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter. And as Lori says, it's because men make us that way. No, it's just you know how. Yes. What level of crazy can you can you put up with? That's all men have to deal with. Do you see that? Um, <laughs> I think it's like a YouTube video or something about the level of crazy. Oh, yeah, the charting. Yeah, the, oh, I think we've talked about that before. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. But anyway, I really appreciate the stepmom talking to us because most people in her situation would not share this information at all. Okay. So that's it, folks. Get to listening. <laughs> all right. Oh, I do want to remind everybody. Okay. We haven't had a really push for um, reviews in a while, and so they've slacked off. So I do want to remind everybody. To uh, go leave a review, and uh, it, it does help because other people read the reviews, and then and then it makes them want to listen. And you know, a lot of you find this very helpful, and so we want to help as many people as we can with the podcast. So go out there and and leave some reviews. As a matter yeah. of fact, um, we also had a contest going. Remember, it's still going. Um, I think what we need to do is go ahead and since this is the end of the year, maybe next uh, episode we'll go ahead and just draw a name off what we have. Okay. So, so we had a contest going where we were going to do like a thousand, I think it wasn't a thousand reviews. And of course, we both know we weren't going to get a thousand reviews that quickly, but we did want to push it as hard as we could. And, you know, why not get a thousand? Why, why you probably stop it? shouldn't have said that because we don't have that many and it makes me sad. No, it made me sad because when I looked at it, honestly, we talked about it before. We were like, you know, we're going to try to get, you know, 50 reviews or 100 reviews or whatever. And I was like, why not just 10 exit? Just go to a thousand. Yeah. So it wasn't that I thought we were going to get a thousand. It was just why well, stop at a thousand? Well, I think it was three. Three people that we picked. I okay. have to go back and look, but I think it's three people. All one right. gets a three month, one gets a six month, and one gets a full year. Okay. I think that's right. So y'all better hurry up and leave a review. You only got like a week. Mm-hmm. All right. So here's what we'll do because we got to give time for this to get out there, uh, this, this episode to publish and then tally it and all that kind of stuff. So here's what I'm going to do. Uh, after the first of the year, and this goes. This episode here goes live. This episode will go live the twenty seventh. Mm-hmm. Okay, so after the twenty seventh, we um, we're going to give everybody a couple of days or so toward the end of the year to get your reviews in, and then we're going to draw names off of what we got, and we will pick uh, winners from that uh, from that group. Why don't we announce the winner at the end of January, our last episode in January? Okay, that works. So if you want to be in the academy, this is your opportunity. Won't cost you a dime. Just leave a review. Mm-hmm. I believe the last episode in January falls on a Friday. So okay, sounds good. I mean, good. it would be the last episode because we only do them on Fridays. But <laughs> I think the thirty first is on a Friday. Is what I'm trying to say. 
All right. You, that, that way people have a little bit of time in case they don't listen to this immediately when it's released. Okay. Okay. All right. So that's what we'll do. So the, the last episode in January is when we're going to pick the three winners. Right. So get your review in now. And to do that, you go to www.nachokids.com slash review. Yep. So you do it. Your spouse do it. Your stepkids do it. <laughs> <laughs> you increase your chances of winning. So, all right. You about ready? I'm ready. Right, I'm, ready. I'm, ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to listen to the crazy stepmom. We're going out with a bang, y'all. Yep. So here is our last ad for the Nacho Kids Academy for this year. There is a way to save your sanity and your relationship, and it's called the Nacho Kids Academy. In the Nacho Kids Academy, you will learn the skills and knowledge to properly nacho, techniques to handle stepfamily challenges, ways to improve your communication, and much, much more. Visit nachokidsacademy.com and sign up today to join other step parents who are seeing the life-changing benefits of nachoing. Again, that's nachokidsacademy.com. Today, we have the crazy stepmom talking to us. Hey, crazy stepmom, how are you? Hey, good. How are you? <laughs> doing good. Doing good. So tell us a little bit about your blended situation. Okay. Um, I have a on and off six year, a 16 year, excuse me, relationship um, with my fiance. We have a eight-year-old stepdaughter. I have a almost four-year-old son, an hours baby, and then another three-year-old hours baby, and then a three-year-old possible stepchild. Okay, so just so we understand, you've been together on and off 16 years, you've been blending for about eight years, and you have a stepdaughter that is eight. Mm -hmm. Was she the result of your significant other cheating? Yes. And also the possible three-year-old step stepdaughter, is that correct? Yes. Is also um, possibly the result, well, if she is his, she's the result of um, cheating as well. Yes. Okay. So tell us how you handled this. How, how did you overcome, first of all, the cheating? I know that's hard when there's not a stepchild involved, mm -hmm. but you are faced with seeing the result of his infidelity. Mm-hmm through this child. So help us to understand how you got over that, things that you did to um, not resent the child and things like that, because I know that you are not the only one that is in this situation. Um, to be quite honest, I, I mean, we've done counseling. We've yelled and screamed at each other multiple nights. Um, it's not something that you just get over. Um, and I think that's because you do have to actually look at the child, and I look at her quite frequently. Um, we have 50-50 split custody, so, um, and the fact that he pays child support also, um, there's, there's resentment in that aspect, not towards the child per se, but towards the whole situation in general. Um, that's, it's, it's just not... I still struggle with it. Um, it doesn't bother me as much as it did eight years ago. I kind of just came to terms that he made a mistake, and he really did. Um, the situation was not, uh, I guess, what had happened was <laughs> um, mm -hmm. he got into some trouble eight years ago. Well, nine, nine and a half years ago, and that resulted in him going to prison. And when he was released from prison, his quote-unquote friend 
threw him a welcome home party at a club. Well, I could not attend this party because I was in college and I was eight hours deep in algebra homework. So I sat home trusting, you know, that I just spent a year and a half of my life sending you letters, coming to see you, sending you money, all this stuff while you were in jail that you would come home and be faithful. Um, well, he wasn't. And him and three of his friends ended up having sex with this girl in the bathroom of the club. And okay. she now, uh, yeah. And now mind you, she, she had a boyfriend. So the, her whole pregnancy, she's telling everyone. I didn't even know until after the child was born and we received child support paperwork in the mail that it, that this even had to happen. Um, so I was really blown away because I didn't have kids at the time. I was still, you know, in college trying to do better. Um, we had talked about kids. We had planned kids. Uh, it just wasn't the time. So when I got that letter, it was very devastating. To say the least, I'm sure. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. Did all three of the guys get a letter? Um, no. Not as far as I know, it was just him. Um, the girl, her boyfriend actually like was with her throughout the whole pregnancy and um, labor and delivery. And <sighs> labor and delivery, when the child was born, the boyfriend was like, that's obviously not mine. And the other men were of a different color of said child. So when the child came out white, it was obvious who the father was. Right. Um, now, when she sent this letter out, the child was already three months old. Okay. So, <clears throat> we got the letter. He went and he submitted the DNA. And it took about six weeks. Then it came back. He was the father and he was now on child support for $400 a month with three months of back pay, um, which was also devastating because at the time, I was the only one working. Like, okay, now I have to pay child support for kids that I didn't ask for. So, that a lot of resentment came then. And then she was one of those parents that were, you can't see the baby unless you're giving me child support. And it was, it was madness. Like my life was madness for the first five years of this child's life before I finally said like, enough, enough. Sell whatever you have, you can sell, which at the time was a, a sports bike. Um, me and his mom both had to tag team him for a very long time to try to get him to go to a lawyer and end her her power trip and her manipulation. It was getting ridiculous. Like she was teaching her child how to manipulate where she would send her to our house um, only when it was convenient for her. Like if she wanted to go out and party for the weekend, you know, we were doing the not partying thing. So we were automatically like number one babysitter, I guess. So she would go out and leave the, the child with us for the weekend and she would tell her her child, you know, oh, cry at bedtime so that daddy has to sleep with you and not stepmom. Oh my gosh! Okay. And yeah, and this that that aspect of it started when she was three, and that went on for two years. I don't really understand that because it's not like she was in a relationship with him. She shouldn't have that um, resentment toward you. She did because she didn't think that her boyfriend was going to leave her for the child not being his, she thought that he would have, you know, stayed. And the fact that he didn't, she tried to chase him around to get him to be in a relationship with her. And um, for about, 
two months, there was some more infidelity there where he was, you know, trying to appease her and keep peace and would go over there and it would always turn into more than what it was supposed to, which caused more of a void between us. So I kind of just pushed myself away from the situation and I let it go for a little bit. And um, I did my own thing because I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. I couldn't. It really got to be too much that I was stuck in this spider web of craziness and bullcrap when I had everything going for myself and I just I couldn't, couldn't handle it anymore. And then he groveled his way back and that was that. And we've just been, and that was when I, I told him, like, look, I'm putting my foot down. There's no more of this. You need to get a lawyer. You need to get some kind of custody agreement. You need to figure out this child support situation. Like, and that was just that. And he did. It was, there was some resistance at first. And honestly, I feel like he has resentment towards his own child. I know to hear it out loud sounds messed up, but that's just like, Honestly, it doesn't sound messed up to me. It sounds like, like you, he's faced with the result of his bad decision making for the rest of his life now. It's not that he just cheated. A child came out of that. And like you said, there's financial implications. There's, it's always in your face. It's a reminder to you and to him. So I I don't think it's... um, unreasonable to think that he would also have some issues with it. And then, of course, having to deal with the bio mom and she's acting crazy. Yeah, she was a complete nutcase. And she was also a drug addict. So there's that. And we we battled, like, you know, the whole DCF thing because of her. And I, I know that for my fiance, that wasn't how he envisioned having a child. Like, we always talked about you know, what it would be like with our first pregnancy and our first baby. And I I feel like when that time actually came, she was so jealous. She did everything she could to, to ruin it. Bio mom and stepdaughter. It was chaos constantly. And the chaos always revolved around them. And it, it just, it definitely wears on you, especially when you're pregnant. And because of, you know, all of our other bills and the child support now, I'm not in anymore so I'm working more and I'm working with him and we're working to grow his company now I live in a very hot state uh about 95 percent of the year so he owns a tree service so working a tree service and being eight months pregnant in the heat (laughs) and then coming home and dealing with you know crazy people and someone else's child that just is unruly and doesn't listen and has all these horrible budding characteristics from mom it it wears on you mentally and there's really no way around that at all like you just have to it's not for weak people I will say that like it's not for weak-minded people and I wouldn't consider myself a weak-minded person and I still needed a counselor to try to help the situation like I was just stuck all the way around. I didn't know what to do. Like I, I, it was to the point, like I didn't, I didn't even want to be with my fiance anymore. Like I was willing to walk away from him and our whole situation just to not have to deal with that anymore. And that feeling in itself sucks because it's like, okay, now we're bringing a child into this world, which is everything that we planned and everything that we wanted. And the fact that he was a boy, you know, you know how men are with getting their first son and carrying on the name and yeah, it's different. Yeah, it wasn't what we had envisioned at all. Yeah, of course not. Well, um, 
How are things now with stepdaughter eight and her mom? Um, have things calmed down? Do you just basically only deal with her or does he only deal with her when it's necessary? Are you pretty much removed from dealing with her? Um, okay. So for from the time the custody order agreement went into effect at the time that I walked or well, he walked out on us eight months ago. Um, I was the one dealing with her because they couldn't speak to each other. Now, I know, I know this girl. I grew up with her. She was a childhood friend. Um, so it was, I would assume that was why she held some kind of resentment towards me. She's just crazy like that. Um, but I was the one dealing with her. Like, all conversation went through me. And then I, I got to the point, like, with the, I, I just couldn't let it go. And it wasn't even that, that scenario of cheating. It was the possible that caused this void in our relationship where it, it made him so unhappy that he walked out on his family and he was gone for seven months and we were apart for seven months. So um, when I told you we were moving, yeah, we're moving into mm-hmm. a place together again. So we're just now getting back together. But the whole time he was gone, like I didn't have to deal with her. My life was so peaceful. Like I still saw my, my stepdaughter, but my, not having to deal with her mom or talk to her or deal with her her craziness like my life was beyond peaceful so I've I've already told him since you know now we're back together I never want to have to deal with her again like I think that you you guys are both older than me so you need to find some kind of maturity level to deal with the consequences of your crappy decisions on both ends. and I I don't want to be a part of it anymore like I I nacho and the group has actually helped me a lot when it's come to not doing, um, he's not happy at all that I do it. Um, he, he's not a fan, but it's what I needed to do for my sanity because I'm like, I'm stuck in the middle because my children have certain rules and certain expectations. And when it comes to her, she just comes into my house and causes chaos because she doesn't have those rules and expectations at her mom. So right. instead of me constantly battling him, to, you know, hey, discipline your child or hey, like me doing it, it, it got to the point. I'm like, you know what? If you don't care, I don't care. I, right. I, I, I bow out at this point. It's not worth the battle. But I'm, I'm still there for her. I'm still, I mean, I've, I've known this child since she was born. So I'm still, you know, an active role in her life, just not the same as I was when I wasn't naturally, if that makes sense. Right. Like, I, I don't. I don't deal with the discipline anymore. I don't deal with repercussions of actions. Like I leave that solely up to dad. And if dad doesn't do anything about it, I mean, you guys are going to have to deal with the consequences of those actions also when she's older and really out of control. So kind of, I don't know, it just just wasn't worth my sanity anymore. I had to, for us to be together, I had to let that go. Because we literally spent day in and day out fighting about this child and he this is where we got to the conclusion that there was some form of like resentment on both ends um so that was where we came to the conclusion that there was resentment on both ends um because he he swore like up and down like you just hate my kid and like no i don't i i don't like the way that you're raising her and i don't agree with the things that you allow but I don't resent the child. Like I, I'm starting to resent you. It's not even. It's not. It's not her fault. She a kid's gonna do whatever you let a kid get away with, no matter what. I see that in my son. Like when we were split up for those seven months, 
my kids would be perfect little angels at my house with me. Like go to bed on time, eat all their dinner, not run around like psychopaths. And then, you know, they would come back from dad and they are just like a completely different animal. And then they're telling you, well, I do this, but daddy, I do that, and daddy. I'm like, yeah, you know that daddy, you will get in trouble here. <laughs> and that, that also affected our children, our children significantly. So that, that was where this decision came from to try one more time, but try one more time differently. You really have to be dedicated to the differently part because if you're not, you're just going to fall back into the same things that were making you miserable before with a, like, I won't, I won't argue about the same things I used to. And the fact that, you know, this possible child is so new and also happens to be my son's age, there's a lot of hate between us for that, that I kind of just shove under the rug and tiptoe around but every so often it'll come up and I'll have a bad day and I'll just like lash out at him and his his way of looking at it is you know this child's not in our life and that was almost four years ago he's kind of like get over it already but it's like it's deeper than just getting over it there is no just getting over it you don't ever I mean you might I just have not gotten to that point yet where I'm over it like it's tolerable like I don't, I don't let it eat me inside like I used to because before it was, what's wrong with me? Like why, why are you doing this to me? Like why did this happen? Because the second time was a lot different than the first. And yeah, um, let's let's talk about that a little bit. So you made it through five years of, um, you know, dealing with the infidelity and stepdaughter eight being in the picture, and then all of a sudden you're, I don't know, were you pregnant? Um, or you, did you just find out about the possible three-year-old? Um, I this 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 girl is his ex-girlfriend. It was the one that he was with um, during one of our breaks. They were together like a year. I don't know. They grew up together, so she's kind of always been in his life. And when we were together, when we were younger, I didn't have an issue with it because we were kind of like all friends. And then um, he's he's actually cheated on me with her multiple times <laughs> um, throughout the course of. Our relationship that's kind of like his not condoning but that's his his go-to and his comfortability whenever we're not okay because mm-hmm. he when when we've gone to counseling you know the counselors diagnosed him as a textbook narcissist and that's not something that there's a cure for so it's just something that I have to show understanding towards um, I have had to dedicate myself to really educating about the ultimately the disease that he battles um, and that's just how he's wired. That's how. That's what he's always done. That's, it's. It's just. It's just that. And I know a lot of people are gonna listen and be like, "She's so stupid." I'm like, yeah, I might be. I might be, but I'm also. I grew up that when you love people, you don't just easily give up on them. And I, I, I kind of feel like that's what's missing in the world because everyone's so quick to leave and walk away and start over. And it's, it's just not me. Like I've invested so much time and energy and pain and tears into this relationship and into this man. It's like, I'm not, if he's willing to fight and try, then I'm willing to fight and try. And that's, that's just what we do in our, <laughs> our blend. Um, so yes, this girl is next. And um, I... I was pregnant with my first son and I went to another state to say my spies to my brother. And while I was in this state, um, he 
cheated with her and it resulted in a pregnancy. Um, it wasn't until my son was six months old that she came to him and asked him for DNA, not because supposedly not because she didn't want to do anything with the information. She didn't want him involved in the child's life at all. She just wanted to know, like, I guess the, the child was born with issues. Um, it was born early and she had a very complicated pregnancy. So I guess she just wanted to know for herself in case anything were to ever happen with said child to not go off of the man that signed the birth certificate uh, medical history. <laughs> right. Uh, and from what I understand and what I know, he never did it. He never gave her the DNA. Um, so it's, it's really just up in the air. Uh, he doesn't claim this child. And when I bring it up, he gets highly upset. So, um, yeah. And so she hasn't contacted him anymore trying to get him to take a paternity test or pay child support or anything like that. She just has kind of left him alone after that, as far as you know? Uh, well, while, since we've been split up, they've met up with each other. Like, my kids met her and her kids and that ultimately traumatized both of my children because he was only out of my house for one week when this happened and they they had complete meltdown when I told them that they had to go back to daddy's house and they did not want to go back to daddy's house because of this this woman and her child like my kids never wanted to see her again well I mean how did he explain her to them I mean was it just like going to a friend's house? Because I don't see how that would traumatize them. Um, no. She she came to his mom's house, which is where he was staying. And his mom has a swimming pool. So they kind of had like a, quote, play date. And she was introduced as a friend. Um, because when they came home and they were telling me about the, the situation, they kept saying daddy's friend. And then um, I don't know if it was just my son getting the name wrong or if they intentionally lied to my kid about what her kid's name was because they came to me saying a completely different name. Okay. Um, now, this, this girl's boyfriend actually had no idea that she that there was even a possibility he wasn't the father. So when all this went on, <laughs> I called him and I told him everything. And that's just how that went. I felt like, you know, if this woman is going to walk around making my relationship miserable, you don't get to go home and just be kiki, happy, la la with this man. What, what was his response? Um, he was completely shocked. Um, and obviously there was some hurt there. Um, but he's, he's fully aware of the situation between them. He just didn't think that him not being the father was an option. And he, he claims this child to the fullest. He signed the birth certificate. It has his last name. Um, he has it every day. Um, they live together. They parent together the whole nine yards. So um, the world definitely got dropped on his head, but he knew. Um, and he's still, you know, it's still his child. He's been there for almost four years now. Um, right. And I mean, if he went through the whole pregnancy with her, then um, he had bonded with this child before the child was even born. Oh, yeah. And um, he says that she has some kind of genetic disorder that his son from a previous relationship has. So he said that he wasn't going to pursue any form of DNA testing because that was his kid regardless. Um, so he he wasn't going to do that. Kind of kudos to him, too. Yeah. For standing up and um, taking this kid in as his own. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that was hard for him. I mean, y'all both... Um, I just, I can't imagine. I just really cannot imagine. 
No, it's been a spider web of pain. Um, there's there's been a lot of it, and I don't know. Um, I, I get like a lot of times, and this is why I don't necessarily talk about the situation to other people um, because all I hear is, oh, you're stupid or you should have left. I'm like, yeah, I know. I occasionally feel stupid. <laughs> I occasionally feel regret for not leaving. But ultimately, I grew up without a father because of my parents' selfishness and the fact that they couldn't get their, their act together for the sake of the fact that they just had a child. I don't want that for my kids because instead of my dad trying to fight for me, he left. He walked out and that was it. Um, I was 11 months old the last time I saw him. We could walk past each other in the street and I wouldn't even know it was him and he wouldn't even know I was me. Um, and from what my brother says, he's now dying of cancer and <laughs> wants to find me. That's a whole other podcast in itself. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, I don't want that for my children. Um, I don't want... Like, I don't want them to have to wonder, like, like when I was in school, I was so jealous of all the kids, like all the little girls that were daddy's girls. and They had their mom and dad every day. And then there was me. Like, I was even jealous of the ones that had, like, the stuff family situation. Like, oh, I go to my dad's this summer. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't go anywhere. So I, I don't want that pain for them because I know a lot of people don't feel like it would affect a child so tremendously, but it has. Well, I don't think you are stupid by any means. I think that everybody's situation is different and none of us can save what we would do mm-hmm. in that situation. And you not having your dad definitely explains why you are more um, willing to put forth more effort to make this work, right. especially since you've had kids. Now, before you had kids, that wasn't the basis for why you were trying to make it work. It was just because you loved this guy. Yeah. I, I mean, there was a separation period in there after the first time I found out that he had cheated with his ex. There was a, a separation period there, um, but we ended up finding our way back to each other, as we always do. So, to me, I feel like it's, we're meant to make this work. There's no other reason why after all these years, and after all this time, like no matter what happens in both of our lives, we seem to just gravitate. Like he's the one that I can't go without. Like I've, I've dealt with breakups besides him and it was nothing. It was okay. This is what it is now. You're not in my life. Okay, cool. I have to adjust to that. With him, it's like there's no adjusting to that. It's, it's just not like my, my spirit won't settle without him like the seven months he was gone yeah he was gone but he wasn't he wasn't gone if that makes sense like we were still actively doing things with our children together or you know we saw each other every day I was never that bitter baby mama that would be like you can't see your kids because of what you're doing no like come see your kids every day I'm cool with that and he would he would on the days he didn't have them he would come to my house and spend an hour or two with them and on days I didn't have them, I would go and spend. So, like, my kids never went a day without seeing both. Why, why did he leave seven months ago or eight months ago? Um, there was a lot of unhappiness based around um, the fact that I have a hard time letting go of him cheating with possible. Um, mm-hmm. I have a hard time with that because that one has actually been consistent. That wasn't like a one night and that wasn't nothing. Like this is someone that you used to have a relationship with. This is someone that you used to have feelings for. 
and the fact that that's his go-to, it really, it really hit me in my own self-conscious, I guess, and my own insecurities. It made me feel very insecure, um, even though, you know, this person doesn't match up to me in life or any anything else. It's just like a why. By her, of all people. Like, why continuously? So, because of that, I was literally making him miserable. And he got to the point where he he couldn't take it anymore. And, yeah, so this was after multiple counseling attempts. And, you know, just, we, we tried and he tried. Um, but it was a lot of fighting. It was a lot of, you know, like if you spent too long at the store, it's automatically like me and my crazy mind snapping to, he must be cheating or it's it just, it just got to be too much for the both of us. And then on top of it, we opened up a restaurant together and that caused major stress on him. And when he's stressed out, I feel it like that gets taken out on me. He won't. You know, if he's upset with another employee, instead of, you know, bringing it up to that employee, he'll snap on me like it's my fault. Right. So there, there was just a lot of external components that were just driving us apart and making us totally miserable. And it just wasn't, it wasn't a good environment for our children at that time. Like they're at this point, like we, we don't argue and fight in front of our kids, but we were to the point at that point where it didn't matter who was watching where we were, we were just going at it constantly. And, you know, when I started to see that affecting my youngest, who is sensitive already, um, I, I knew, like, we, we had to do something different. And uh, we got into a fight one night that involved the restaurant. And I told him if he was so miserable to leave, and he did. Okay. Now, let me ask you this. Did... um let's say I don't I don't know how to ask this really but during the seven months that you were split up are you afraid that in a year from now you're going to find out that there's another stepkid yeah this thought crossed my mind um I was assured and I know this is gonna sound crazy to to most but I was assured that the one time he had sex with his ex there was a condom and I have confirmed this um because he at his mom's house he has a nightstand and when I opened it, there were two two condoms in a box of three. So, I mean, I could be, he could be lying and that could be maybe like the umpteenth box he bought, but I'm just glad this time that he wore one. And, I, and I'm just going <laughs> to take my blessings as they come, no matter how small they appear to other people. To me, that's major. That he actually, you know, it, it clicked in his brain. If I'm going to do this, I'm going to protect myself because the past, that has not been his thought. So, and that was during the seven month break. Mm-hmm. And she's still with her boyfriend, right? Yep. And okay. he's, he's fully aware. Um, he was actually the one that reached out to me this time because I guess uh, there was a uh, something that his mom was giving away ended up at their house. So he reached out to me to let me know that there was contact again. And then Naturally, I confronted him about it, and he did not confirm nor deny, but then my children started talking about this girl and her kids, and then it it registered who it was, and then I showed my son a picture, and I'm like, was this her? And he he was like, yeah, and he was super freaked out about it, so so I knew, I knew, but 
Yeah, well, and I'm not trying to plant anything in your head. When I'm just asking questions, so please don't think I am. Oh, no, no, no. You're not giving me any thoughts that have not already been there since. Like, this, this has been a process on whether or not I was going to take him back and we were going to move forward. Because I know, I know the battle I'm about to face, especially with this. Even though we were, quote, broken up, you know, there were still nights he was laying in my bed. And there were still nights that, you know, he's telling me how much he missed me and how much he loved me. So, like, even though we were technically split up what he's done still hurt because I wasn't I wasn't able or willing to even try like my girlfriends were like nope nope we're going out we're dragging you out you're getting out of this depressive funk that you're in like I would not leave my house unless it was for work I literally just like like I tore our whole house apart I went and bought all new front like I, I tried to erase every memory of like this is where we raised our family for the past four years so my friends are like nope 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 you're not doing this <laughs> you're done you had your little three days to wallow in your misery get up get dressed so I did and I was I was miserable I wasn't enjoying myself it just mm-hmm. I wasn't able to. And the fact that I wasn't able to, I'm like, dang, you were like, how? If you really love me and care about me the way you say you do, like, how could you do those things? But he's just, he's wired differently. And it's not, it's not an excuse. It's, it's understanding because he does have, you know, he was diagnosed as a textbook narcissist. And that's not something that you can just take a pill for. Yeah, I've um started reading a book on... um narcissism and um, I forget the name of it. I don't have it in front of me, but I was reading it the other day because that word is thrown around a lot. We, mm-hmm. You know, it is. I know it is. And it said that only 0.5% to 1% of people are truly diagnosed mm-hmm. as a narcissist. Mm-hmm. So you've done more research on this than I have. So um, I've got some questions because I feel like that in the past I had been with a relationship in a relationship that somebody was a narcissist. Mm-hmm. Is the sex thing part of being a narcissist? You know, not in all cases because, like the lady explained to me when she diagnosed him, um, we were in couples counseling at the time, and she brought it to his attention. And then she sent him off to a psychiatrist um, to actually be, that's not all he was diagnosed with, but that was the main concern. Um, She just wanted Mm -hmm. to be sure and she wanted a second opinion, but um, that is not present in all, like it doesn't make or break a diagnosis. There's, there's literally like a list (laughs) of this, 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 and this, and you have to have so many off of this list to be diagnosed and that's with anything. So a narcissist, like my narcissist can, can be guilty of like the gaslighting and the ego trip and yours could be like just the sex aspect and the ego trip, but that doesn't make him any more or less of a narcissist than mine. It just means that yours has different traits and there's different battles that they fight Mm -hmm. because I know like it seems like they're just all well put together, but mine's not. Like, he knows in his mind that he, he's not right. Like, there's something wrong, and he shouldn't be that way. His issue is he doesn't know how to retrain his brain, and I get it. Uh, the book I was reading, it says, um, in order to be diagnosed with narcissistic personality disorder, a person will need to meet five or more of the following criteria. Mm-hmm. And they list eight things. And they are an exaggerated sense of self-importance, mm-hmm. a belief that they are special and should only be associated with high-status individuals, mm-hmm. a need for excessive compliments and admiration, mm-hmm. an exaggerated sense of entitlement, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. takes advantage of or exploits other people, mm-hmm. a lack of empathy, mm-hmm. a belief that others are jealous of them and also struggle with jealousy themselves. Definitely. And arrogance on a regular basis. See, mine has the last six to the fullest, but okay. he does not with the first two. And he's also, um, I call him a sexual deviant. <laughs> um I mean, it's not, he doesn't need it more than usual. He doesn't have any weird, like, things. <laughs> um, it, so so that aspect doesn't apply to him. But he does have a strong, like, very strong in his personality, the last six. I do think that it's thrown around a lot that people are narcissistic. And a lot of times it's just when people are selfish. Right. And that's, that's a major part of it. And the lack of empathy, like, you can have a lack of empathy from things you've gone through in your your childhood that's made you that way. Like, that doesn't make you a textbook narcissist. Um, like, I, I whole changed my my degree in, in college, and I swapped over to psychology, and I did a PowerPoint on narcissism um, when it came time to, you know, pick a, pick a disease. <laughs> and um, yeah. and I, I picked that one because I actually have, like, personal experience dealing with it firsthand. It's not just, you know, I'm not textbooking you to death. I actually, I, I live with this person. Like I, I deal with this person. I have to help and coach this person because I've done the research and I, I understand it and he, he doesn't and he won't. Um, so I, it's up to me if, you know, you either accept something or you don't. And I do because there's nothing. I mean, he didn't ask to be that way. Just like right. I, I didn't ask for, you know, I have extreme anxiety and I have PTSD. These are both debilitating in my life. So I get it. And I didn't ask for either of those things. Um, and they're, mm-hmm. you know, when I'm in the middle of an anxiety attack, there's nothing really besides my coping skills that I've learned over the years that I can necessarily do to drag myself out of it right then once it starts. Like if I feel it coming, then yes, I can try to, you know, talk myself down and handle it that way. But there are times where it'll hit me out of nowhere and it'll go from zero to 60 in two seconds and there is no thinking. It's just uh, now I'm I'm hyperventilating. The room is spinning. Like I'm, I'm dizzy. I'm not feeling good. My stomach is hurting. Like my mind is going crazy. I can't focus. Like and, and at, there's, at that point, I just have to sit down and ride the wave until I'm just out of it. That's the only way I can explain it is just ride the wave. And that's what I feel like I do with him um, in our relationship because I never know. I never know which what him. Yeah. Like I never know which him is going to wake up. Like I never know. Like right. right now he, he woke up a little bit after I did and I haven't spoken to him yet besides, you know, to get a lighter from him and tell him I'm on an important phone call. But besides that, like he's shown jealousy already because I don't, on the phone, I'm not paying him any attention. Like he feels like he deserves first thing in the morning, and and I I feel like <laughs> it could be the start of a crappy day. Um, but we'll see. And when I do see, I'll you know I'll ride the wave and show him as much understanding and caring as I can, and hope for the best. I feel like that's a lot of what yeah. my life has turned into is just hope for the best. Yeah. Uh, I found the book that um, I was referring to, and it's called Narcissist, A Complete Guide to Dealing with a Range of Narcissistic Personalities Mm -hmm. and Survive Narcissistic Relationships by Victor Murphy. Um, I haven't finished reading it. I just started reading it the other day. I do remember one of the things that I read 
said something about in order to stay with somebody like that, you do have to understand that this is not, um, it's who they are, basically. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you have to, because if you, if you don't, like a lot of people that throw the word around and I'm part of, you know, groups on Facebook that are about this or burst towards this. And a lot of people are not educated on it at all. They think like, just any and every little thing to, I guess, push off on something. They they choose that when it's really not that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can't tell you can't tell these people that. Like you can't. There's just there's no telling them anything, no matter how educated you are on it. But you're right. There is. You you do have to. It's imperative if you're going to make it work and make it last that you show compassion and understanding just like you would to a schizophrenic or a manic or something along those lines other things that you know the person suffering really can't control right and I know um, part of their part of this disorder is that they don't see anything wrong with them most don't I mean I guess it just depends on the person yeah because you said your fiance does see some things yes He's aware. He doesn't agree with the diagnosis, but he does see traits, which is a major step for for that, at least, um, because, yeah, most don't. Every Everyone else is the problem. Right. Exactly. I commend you for working so hard to save your relationship. And like I said, I'm, I'm not about to tell you that you're stupid. Thank you. At all. I know that um, I've been in relationships before that even myself, I didn't understand why I put up with certain things. Mm -hmm. And you obviously love him. And you're obviously trying to get a better understanding of his personality disorder and be able to cope with that. I know one thing you mentioned was having anxiety. Mm -hmm. I read a book one time called, the Five Second Rule by Mel Robbins, and she was able to stop having panic attacks by counting backwards from five to zero and then refocusing her thoughts. And I don't know if you've ever looked into that, but that may be something that would help you with the anxiety as well. Um, that not I'm aware of that, but it doesn't necessarily help me because there's times where like I don't see it coming and it just like hits me. And then by that point, it's too hard to go back. Yeah, there's no, like, you can't focus your brain to count backwards. But, um, like, I'll do, and it's the same thing I, I tell my fiancé when he gets anxiety, like, look around the room and find five colors or five textures or five smells. Or That was um, one of the things I've learned over the years of dealing with anxiety was um, that one. So if I can get my brain to do it, that helps. A lot. Right. Yeah. Change your focus, basically. Yeah. I mean, if you can, if you can refocus, that's always ideal, especially in that type of situation. Um, But I try to do that. See, he has very bad anxiety and PTSD also. Um, So like I said, it's not just that that he struggles with. So like I can, I can talk him off of a ledge when he's full blown anxiety. But like when I am, he's looking at me like I'm crazy. (laughs) He doesn't know what to do. Um, and that's he hasn't got to the point where he can recognize, feel, and know, I guess, when it's coming. His just, like, hit him. And then it's, right. you know, he has chest pain and he can't breathe and he feels like his throat's closing up. And he his is, his is a little 
different than mine. Also, he is a major hypochondriac and a drama queen. Like, he over-exaggerates everything. <laughs> um, so I never know, like, when he says he's feeling like this, I never know, like, okay, how, how bad is it really right now? Like, is, do you really feel like your throat's closing? Do you really feel like you can't breathe? And I'll have to remind him, like, you're talking, so you're breathing. You're fine. Like, calm down. Breathe. Just breathe. Focus on breathing. Don't focus on anything else. Stop talking. Like, just breathe. Now, when I get like that, there is no talking. And if I were to, it would probably come out just random jumbled words because that's what's in my brain. It's like literally somebody put my brain on shuffle. And I can't. It's almost like standing in a vortex almost. Like, where everything's just, like, whizzing past you, but you can't, like, you can't see what it is it just it's just blurry and it's whizzing past you and nothing makes sense at that point and it's just chaos it's chaos in your mind and it it sucks because i won't take they prescribed me so many things for so many different things and i, I won't take any of it i won't i refuse like they they tried to put me on well they did when i was younger they put me on xanax and it created an addiction that i fought for seven years and oh, even to this day it's a struggle um like I it almost killed me twice uh, once from overdosing and once from withdrawing Um, I had a seizure and I had a seizure and I was alone and I fell and I cracked my head on the bathtub so my mom found me at 15 years old in a pool of my own blood and she thought I was dead she didn't know how long I had been there and that was from trying to get off of what these doctors told me would make me better I was young Right. I was young. I didn't know anything about that. All I knew is that my mom fed me a pill every day that made me sleepy. Right. I'm glad you addressed that because I was going to ask you if your anxiety was a result of um, his being unfaithful and the stepchild and all that. But um, you answered that. You've had anxiety for a while. Yeah. 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 But it does. It does affect it um, tremendously, actually. Um, like when you when you deal with stuff like that, you get like triggered. So certain places or certain vehicle types or um, just anything, anything can be a trigger when you, when you deal with stuff like that. When it comes to the gym, like certain places that I know like they've gone together is a trigger. Um, You know, for the longest, I would have like when it was new and fresh, I would get anxiety, not knowing like, great, are we going to go to public and I'm going to run into this girl? Like, is that how this is going to go? Because I have. I run into her quite a bit. And at that point, my emotions take control and I act like a psycho. So that causes anxiety because it's like any given day, I can, you know, go to the grocery store and see this person and snap and end up in jail. (laughs) Because I have like, I've had conversations with this woman. It's it's not like, you know, she's, she's not aware of me or our situation. Like we've had, you know, sympathetic on her end conversation where you know this behavior oh I didn't I didn't know that he was lying to me he didn't tell me this he told me x y and z and blah 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 not telling her the truth and I'm like no it's not the case at all so like like with with the narcissism and the manipulation and he takes advantage of like she's a very insecure person because of her weight and he knows this so he plays on that to get what he wants and and what he wants at the moment is just someone to his explanation to me was he doesn't have to please her. There's no pressure. They can have sex and he can finish in 30 seconds and he doesn't care how she feels. With me, he says that I'm more pressure because he wants to, he wants to please me. He wants me to 
finish also. And, you know, like he wants a better experience for me. And these others doesn't care. They don't matter. He can finish and leave and not talk to him for another year or two until the next time things go wrong. You know what I mean? Like with me, it's different. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this um, before we wrap up. How does the stepchild, um, stepdaughter interact with you and your kids? Um, my children are absolutely obsessed. Um, I mean, they, they, she's been there since birth. Um, they, since the beginning. Yeah. And, and we had 50-50 custody before, before my children were born. Mm-hmm. So um, we were, you know, getting her used to the schedule and whatnot. And then the children were born. But her, her world has a lot of chaos in it just because, like, you know, I had my, she went from being an only child for five years to, or four, four years, she was an only child to now I'm pregnant at the same time as her mom. So now she, she just gained two siblings within three months. And then I got pregnant immediately. Like my son, my, my firstborn was three months old when I got pregnant with my second. My kids are 13 months apart. So then she went wow. to that. And then her mom had another baby shortly after. So like she went from, you know, being the only child and only being with her mom to now. Now she has two homes and she has five siblings and she also has a stepsister. Like it was just a lot of chaos brought to her world in a very short amount of time. And I show understanding to that because she did, she didn't want brothers. She only wanted sisters. So I've, in the beginning, she would do things to intentionally hurt my children. Like she would pinch their arms until they screamed or dig her nails into their leg. Or um, when my youngest was learning to walk, she would yank things that he was holding on to so that he would fall. So that was a battle in itself because, you know, it's hard to not love because I always love her no matter what. Um, but like, it's hard to mm-hmm. like and show compassion to a child that's hurting you. If the stepdaughter is being mean to you, then either remove yourself from the situation or you said he doesn't notice it until until you bring it up, right? Even sometimes after I bring it up, he, he doesn't see it that way. Like he doesn't see... He doesn't see manipulation as manipulation because he's a manipulator. So to him, those behaviors and those actions are completely normal. And what she's doing is normal. And we're not normal because we're not like that. So, Uh, I I mean, like when she comes, it does cause me anxiety because I know that him and I are going to fight about something that has to do with her or her behavior or her actions. So like on our days, I'm a complete wreck until I know, okay, how's it going to go today? Is it going to be going to listen like this is going to be an adjustment with us moving in together again because she's going to be around a lot more she wasn't around me barely at all the whole time we were split up because he she was barely around him and and that's why i i go back to the him having resentment towards her like i had to force him and his mom can co-find this we had to force him to even attempt to be a father and then like you see them together and he he just they don't have a bond and you can you can tell and it's sad because you know she's she's stuck in the middle she didn't ask for you guys to be irresponsible you know what i mean and she Mm -hmm. she has a stepdad that's a lot like they have i feel a deeper connection than what her real dad and her have and it's sad because he uses projection a lot to put that off on on me or someone else. Right. 
again, I want to thank you very much, um, Crazy Stepmom. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's clarify. You came up with that name, not me. I'm not calling you crazy because you stayed. So. <laughs> I, I did. I did that. But thank you for sharing your story. I know that it's not easy because you are judged for, um, I'm not going to say putting up with it, but for trying to make things work. Mm-hmm. And I don't want you to feel that way. And I'm sure that there are several people, many, many people, as a matter of fact, that will get some help from listening to this podcast and you sharing your story. So again, I really thank you for taking the time to talk to me about this. Thank you for having me. I hope that it does help someone and I hope that they can look past the judgment and use their own brain and do what they really want to do instead of listening to leave him or whatever else people come out with. Well, you have to do what's best for you, and nobody knows that but you. Mm-hmm. Very true. So, again, thank you very much, and I hope that um, things continue to get better. Thank you. Thank you. And we look forward to um, having some interaction with you and the Nacho Kids Facebook Yeah, group. for sure. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. It's easy for us to judge the crazy stepmom and say, you need to leave that man, or what are you thinking? But Before you do that, think about things that have happened in your life where people have probably said the same thing to you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. If you're in a blended family and you're listening to this podcast, you've probably already hit that a few times (laughs) where people look at you like, what are you thinking? Mm -hmm. You've probably woke up and looked in the mirror and thought, what are you thinking? (laughs) Well, and that's one reason that I don't like people saying in my Facebook group, oh, just leave. Mm -hmm. Unless it's abuse or most of the time I would say infidelity, don't don't tell somebody to leave. But the thing is, the crazy stepmom knows what's going on. She's not in denial. She's not oblivious to what's happening. Mm-hmm. She understands that, or not that she understands, she is aware that her significant other has issues, mm-hmm. and part of that is being a narcissist. Okay. And... She still chooses to be in a relationship with him because she truly loves him and believes that he is her soulmate. Okay. But let's talk about narcissism real fast. All right. As we mentioned during the podcast, people are quick to throw that word around. Mm-hmm. Just like people are quick to throw around the word bipolar. <laughs> Why are you looking at me when you say that? <laughs> and just because somebody is quote, quote, selfish mm-hmm. does not mean they're a narcissist. Mm-hmm. There are criteria to be classified or diagnosed as a narcissist. So don't be so quick to say that somebody is. I did find it interesting that she brought that up, and I just happened to be reading that book about narcissism at the same time. So I was able to read off the things that qualify you as a narcissist. Okay. So is your past relationships fit? One of them. (laughs) And you know which one. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what about this one? Are you a narcissist? I'm asking you. You went through the little book. I know I'm not. No, I know you're not. Okay. I just want to make sure. Did I say that with enough confidence? (laughs) No, I know you're not. (laughs) No, not at all. I had enough of that past relationship that if you would have exhibited more than one narcissistic action when we were dating, I'd have ended it. There was one thing, but I don't think that was a narcissistic action. That I did? Yeah. What was that? Let's not talk about it. <laughs> while, while we were dating? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's no telling what was going on then. <laughs> <laughs> there was probably some narcissistic stuff happening. <laughs> Sometimes it's best not to rehash things, people. 
I was single. What do single people do? They narcissist. <laughs> single people do not narcissist. Yeah, I'm using it as a verb. I know. Like nachoing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. So don't be so quick to judge the crazy stepmom. She is still having issues from the infidelity. And she always will. I have no doubt. She will always have issues yeah. because of what he's chosen to do. However, she chooses to stay in that relationship because that's what she wants. She wants to be with him. Maybe the good outweighs the bad. Right. Well, I know this guy. He was in high school, and he cheated on his girlfriend all the time. Everybody knew it, but she just wouldn't believe it. I mean, like somebody could have came up with some Polaroids, and this is before you could, you know, Photoshop stuff. <laughs> And she'd be like, no, that ain't him. Even though his name's tattooed on his butt, that ain't him. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, that's how she was. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. But I did find out later he had a brain tumor and died, so that may have been why he was that way. (laughs) Maybe. You never know. No. Some people just cannot be loyal to one person. Have you ever seen the thing on TV about the some kind of, it's actually a brain condition where people do crazy stuff like that? Like they... They cheat. They just like run off with anybody. Like literally, they'll meet somebody at a grocery store and start tonguing them down. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember, I remember seeing that on the news where this woman was like that, and her husband's. I mean, yeah, they had. I mean, they were in some major counseling, but her husband stays with her because, and she's like, she was diagnosed with having this. It wasn't like they just made it up. And I was like, that is crazy. I remember watching that. It was like 2020 or Dateline or something. Yeah. And like she, like, even she was like crying and upset about it. Like, I don't want to do this and I can't. Right. And it was almost like she couldn't believe she did it. Right. Yeah. It was crazy. Like she almost had blackout spells or something. Mm-hmm. I was like, how horrible. Really? On both ends, horrible. Yeah. Anyway, that happened to me once. <laughs> <laughs> What happened to you, David? <laughs> uh, nothing. Carry on. No. Go ahead. <laughs> no, nothing. Go ahead. This is only the third take of this. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm good. Keep going. <laughs> no, you won't let me do that. You can't do it either. What? Say what you want to say. What happened to you once? I, I had this this thing where I, I lost consciousness, and the next thing you know, I was... I was <laughs> what? What are you looking at me like that for? <laughs> Next thing I know, I was married with you. <laughs> it's like, what happened? What happened? I was supposed to go out with you, and we were supposed to just be friends, playing dominoes. And next thing you know, I'm in a blended family relationship. It was crazy. I don't know what happened. I blacked out. <laughs> Y'all see what I struggle with? It's a daily struggle. <laughs> All right, so David, let's talk about something. I know that you're not the crazy stepmom, and I'm not the crazy stepmom, but when I had my proof that someone cheated on me, I was done. Like, there's no, no, you ain't talking to me about it. I don't need you to talk to me about it. There's no Lori getting over it. There's no understanding. There's nothing. I'm done. D-O-N-E. Asta la pasta. Okay? hmm You found out that your ex was cheating. hmm And you stayed. Mm-hmm. The first time. That you know of. That was the first time. <laughs> yeah. And you stayed because of? I stayed because, um, I say I stayed because of the kids. Uh, and some people were like, well, that doesn't make any sense. But they were super young. And 
Um, I didn't want them to, I didn't want them to be in a relationship with me where they were only seeing me every other weekend or something like that. So it's not really that you stayed for the kids as much as you stayed for you to be able to have a relationship with your kids all the time instead well, of 50 50. Well, or I felt whatever. like I stayed for the, I stayed for the kids so that they would have a dad in their life full time and not every other weekend. Right. So I still, to this day, you will not convince me that I didn't make the best choice for well, my family. Well, and you were never a every other weekend dad anyway. No, I wasn't. And, you know, if I, if when I look back on it, you know, some people look back and go, well, I wish I'd have done it differently. When I look back on it, um, as far as the kids are concerned, I don't, I don't feel like I should have done anything differently. I think it, I did it exactly the way it did it worked out best. Well, do you wish you would have stayed the second time that she cheated? No, no. There's so many things. If I were to take a pros and cons, look at what if I'd left then, then, and then what if I, you know, or or I did leave later the second time. There's so many things that could have worked against me the first time, and I think that everybody would have had a much harder uh, time because of uh, other factors. And so I, I still think I made the right choice. And even though it still eventually ended up happening it was three years or so after the first time i caught her so but my kids were older then um you know if it had happened the first time the triplets would have been like three mm-hmm. i mean how how effective are you as a dad if if your full-time parenting responsibilities was between the ages of one and three i mean it just wouldn't have been there right so um and yeah i ended up getting them a lot more than i thought i would had but initially i didn't know like, I didn't know what it was going to look like. Yeah, because most dads back then mm-hmm. only got every other weekend and yeah. a week here and there. So the the first time it happened, I was really struggling with, uh, I, I cannot see my kids every other weekend. I cannot do that. Mm-hmm. And if I have to live in this to, to see them every day, then I will. Uh, and that's what I did. And the second time it was, okay, I am... I cannot continue down this path. It is not, they're getting older and it's not going to be healthy for them to see a relationship. They're going to base their future relationships off what they see me and their mom uh, like. And I didn't want them to to be that because the relationship was, was gone. We know of two of your kids that their significant others, if you want to call them that because they were young, mm-hmm. cheated on them. Mm-hmm. And they continued to want a relationship with that person. Mm-hmm. And I never understood that, but I wonder if it's because they know, I think they know, that you stayed with their mom the first time. It's almost like, remember that one stepkid said, um, well, it's not like she stole from me. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, she did more than steal from you. That's hard to say. Because there's a lot of people that, especially their age, where things like that happen. I, don't, I think they you have to be older not have to be, but most time you're older and you kind of have more resolve and you kind of have that line in the sand. I think when you're younger, Mm-mm. you don't. I don't think you have it as as much. But I stayed because I thought it was the best thing, right, at the time. Whereas for me, there's no way that I feel like mentally that I could get over that. Oh, I didn't get over it. There was no getting over it at all. It's, I wasn't staying because oh, I love her. And I want to stay because of that. It was none of that at all. It had no, me staying had nothing to do with her. And maybe what happens is, for me, I just considered that when somebody cheated, they didn't love me, and that was the end. Mm-hmm. 
Whereas the crazy stepmom, she feels that he loves her. He just has some issues. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yep. Everybody has a lot of complexity, that's for sure. Yep. I wish her the best. And I know several people that have been married, mm-hmm. somebody cheated, and they worked through it. Yeah. I mean, it happens. Mm-hmm. And all the power to those people, but I'm not one of them. Yep. Some can do it and some can't. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. So, Lord, you better not cheat on me. And David, you better not cheat on me. <laughs> Ain't got no desire. <laughs> not near one. <laughs> not near one. <laughs> nope. Oh, I'm supposed to say that too? <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got no desire. Not mm. near one. Yeah, you don't realize that these people are flirting with you, though. <laughs> See, you want to go back on this subject. I am not redoing this again. Uh, okay. Anything else? Well, look, we got to tell people what we're talking about. I am quite aware when people are flirting with me. Okay. You are the one that's like, no. She's just being nice. Or, no, I'm just a good listener. (laughs) Or, no, I'm just smart and she needs my business advice. But here's what happens is when she's he's on the phone with this little hoochie and he comes in the door and she realizes he's home, she got to go. Yeah, because I'm home. Yeah, but she'll talk to you all day long. Oh, come on. Now, this little hoochie, we'll go ahead and tell you. (laughs) I kept telling David, she a little hoochie. She crossing that line. She about to kick Lori into redneck mode. <laughs> and David had an out-of-town conference that he was speaking at, and she went. And I get a phone call from David one night. Ironically, not surprisingly, but ironically, I knew something was wrong. I knew. I had that gut feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, women, we just know things. Then I get this phone call, and you tell me that hoochie tried to get you to go back to her hotel room with you. Mm-hmm. Yep. I handled it. I know you did. That's right. Stand up, clap for the but man. But if you would, <laughs> if you would have recognized that she was hitting on you or flirting with you from day one, yeah, but I and can't, not just thought, oh, yeah, but I can't I, stop every woman from flirting. But I can stop every woman from bringing me back to their hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm going to have to make David a flow chart of what flirting is and what's chart. flirting not. Flirting's okay. Flirting is not okay. It, it, it can be. Oh, we have a disagreement. <laughs> all right. Let's no, move no, on. no, 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 no. No, all right. We're going to have a counseling session right here at the end of this Nacho Kids no, podcast. No, we're not. We are. So it's okay for, to flirt? I said it depends. Okay. Oh, if you're doing it versus if I'm doing it. Exactly. Okay. We're going to end on that note, folks, because <laughs> this could get really bad. Because I, I, David, you better end. If, if I'm flirting. Here we go. I know that I can flirt with somebody and a woman can say, can be, oh, he's so funny, whatever. They don't look at me and go, oh, yeah, he's trying to get me into bed. Men, on the other hand, you flirt with them and, and they're like, oh, yeah, she wants some of this. Okay. Wait a minute. Think about what you just said. I am thinking about it. Oh, when Hoochie was talking to you, mm-hmm. you it didn't cross your mind, oh, she's trying to get me into bed until she said, hey, want to go back to my hotel well, because room? I'm not like an average male. I ain't looking at it going. <laughs> oh, my gosh, y'all. I got to go. I'm about to either throw up or throw something. I don't know which. <laughs> I'm not looking at it going, oh, yeah, she wants me. And even if she does, ain't getting none other way. Okay. Thanks for listening. <laughs> this is our last podcast of 2019. <laughs> And we ended on crazy. <laughs> we ended on crazy. 
on David's crazy. All right, we'll see y'all next year. <laughs> if y'all have any comments to let David know what's considered flirting and inappropriate, please let him know. Yeah, flirt with me. I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you when you cross the line. <laughs> I wish I could see her face right now. That's hilarious. <laughs> no, y'all don't want to see my face right now. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to this episode. I'm going to uh, cut this off and run. <laughs> we'll see y'all next year. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.